What's up? Welcome to another edition of Major League Talk. I am your host, J.D. Johnstone. Alongside me always is the Reverend himself, Austin Matsoff. What's going on, Aust? What's up, J.D.? Yeah, we got a special guest with us today. We've been planning this for a while. It's the Houdini himself, Let's Dean Kanganis. Oh, thanks for having me, J.D. Been excited to do it. Let's do it. You're not going to use your line that you've been waiting to say? Oh, long-time caller or a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Real excited to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Episode well, 11, baby. Sticks. Episode 11. We're on episode 11 now. Look at that. Heck yeah. Yeah, we got double digits last week. Didn't see my name on the first uh, 10 it was. Yeah. Yeah, but but we hope to have you on more. So that's all that matters. Absolutely. Yeah, but but last podcast we ended uh, talking about where Dallas Keuchel was going to land. And literally 15 minutes after I posted it on YouTube, he signed with the Braves. Um, We all thought he was going to the Yankees. Um, I would like to say I did predict if he wasn't going to go to the Yankees, he was, in fact, going to go to the Braves and a couple podcasts before that. We didn't really talk about that last podcast. But I did say he was going to go there because they definitely needed uh, help with that. What were you guys' thoughts on that? Uh, really shocked he, he didn't sign with the Yankees, to be honest with you. Uh, I think they're loaded with lefties, so that might be a reason to deter them away. But uh, not surprised the the Braves are, are beefing up their pitching staff heading into the All-Star break. Should be nice to see uh, how he pitches. I, I know he's um, he threw a, a minor league start the other day and got roughed up a little bit, but, you know, we'll see what he brings to the table. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Austin? Yeah, I mean, the thing with him is, like, you've seen in his uh, couple minor league starts, his velo's not where it was, but uh, he's never really relied on Velo. He's more relied on command and deception and uh, his use of all his pitches. And so I don't think that's going to affect him too much. I think he's uh, like he, his first start went really well in the minors. And uh, I think he's going to, I think he'll make a strong campaign this season. Yeah. So basic details of the contract there was a one year, $13 million uh, deal. It was actually the same amount of money he uh, earned last year. And for those wondering, it's not a full one year. It's just to finish out this season. And he, like you guys were saying, he has already pitched in two double-A games. His first start, he was very sharp going seven, uh, seven innings and uh, giving up no runs. And then his next start, he gave up three runs, leaving the game tied, but gave up three hits. Um, he's expected to join the Braves now basically soon. Uh, Brian Snicker, the uh, manager of the Braves, said that he's supposed to join Friday. So his Braves debut will be on Friday, so that's something to look forward to. Only thing that scares me a little bit, though, on I'm kind of glad the Yankees didn't sign him, is what's up with this scare in velocity? I heard he topped out at 88, and he's sitting 85. I, I don't need a Jason Vargas from the Mets on the Yankees. I mean, I, does that scare you at all? It 100% scares me. Um, you know, you have a guy that that is coming off um, multiple successful seasons. And, you know, there's a reason why guys like him and Kimbrel were untouched for a long time. And he comes back. And, look, I give him credit for coming out and, and having, you know, two quality starts. However, it worries me that 
he goes up to the show and that 88, 85, whether he can locate or not his reception and all that, I get it. I understand he's, he's reinventing the type of pitcher he was. CC had to do it. But I don't know if he has the stuff to keep these hitters off balance for six innings. And that's Agreed. the thing that scares me. Um, I, I think he's a competitor. I like the way he pitches, but for $13 million, a pitcher throwing 88, sitting 85, not not worth bank, uh, breaking the bank for it. Just not worth it to me. Yeah, it's definitely a scary uh, thing for the Braves. You know, they're hot right now. They're trying to compete. They're really trying to win this division. They're, they're putting all they have out there. And uh, they have a lot invested in this guy because he's hopefully going to come in uh, their pitching rotation is pretty much all on uh, Soroka's shoulders right now. And so uh, they need someone else to help carry the load. Uh, they have Fulton Awich out. And, uh, yeah, he's Keuchel's like he's he's big for them. So if he's not uh, the pitcher that they're paying him to be, it's going to be an issue. Yeah, agree with both of you. But either way, I think a Cy Young winner is going to help out the team in some way, and it's going to help the rotation. That being said, now I guess you have Keuchel. He's probably not going to be their ace, knowing that Fulte is there. And uh, Soroka is off to this tremendous start that he has been. You still have Tehran in there. I would say Sean Newcomb, but he was hit in the dome by a 102-mile-an-hour ball the other night off JT Romuto's bat, which was pretty scary because the ball almost went over uh, the netting in front of the third-base dugout. So uh, he took a... You took a hit pretty uh, bad. Did any of you guys see it? Yeah, that was that was rough. A strong dome, I'll tell you that. <laughs> scariest thing as a pitcher. But, like, but even watch it. Here's the thing that worries me, right? The 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 and I understand why they made the move because they only got five pitchers on their roster that have thrown over 55 innings. So they're, if they're looking for a guy that's going to eat innings, Keuchel's their man. He's lo- he's he's known for going long into games. Um, he's got the talent to do it. And I think it, this is more or less that, you know, they're borderline flirting with a four man rotation right now. So I, I understand the move for them. And I think it only helps their chances winning the NL East because I mean, let's call it what it is. The NL East has been a little bit of a disappointment this year. We knew the nationals were, were not going to be able to recover, but the Phillies have not been the team that everyone expected them to be. So now's the time for the Braves. I a hundred percent support the move. And, you know, I, I, I think they get their guy that's going to eat innings. Yeah, for sure. Just very quickly, since you did mention the Nationals, will Max Scherzer being, be in another uniform by the trade deadline? 100%. What do you think, Austin? I think it would definitely help him out. He's pitching great. There's just nothing helping him out at that team. And I, I'm a Nationals fan, but... Uh, it, it's hard to watch because you just see basically a repeat of Degrom last year, and uh, he he's pitching as good as he is. Like he, I think it'll help him to be on another team. Yeah, for, for sure. Real quickly, I saw something on Twitter though. Right, right now, they say that they have no intention of trading him, and the demand price would be so high and outrageous that nobody would even want him. But I would say that that could change at any second because they're. Uh, upcoming schedule is all division, uh, all teams in their division. And they're going to be playing the Mets, the Phillies. They're going to be playing the Braves again. I mean, you play the Marlins, but they've had their trouble against the Marlins this year. 
So, you know, I think that that could change very, very quickly in the next month and a half when they play. I think they play the national. Uh, the Nationals play the Braves, I think, in two series. And they play the, Phil- the Phillies in two series, which are the two top teams in that division. So I think that could change very quickly. What were you going to say, Dean? I, I just I, I think no matter what the asking price is, you're, you're looking at a guy that's thrown 99 innings already. Um, his ERA is sub three. You know, and, and he's and he's good to fan at least twelve, ten to twelve a game on any on any outing. You know, they went out and got their Corbin. They swung and miss on that. We could have seen that coming. Um, but at the end of the day, I I think there are teams out there that are going to pay the ridiculous amount for him now and and soak the last bit out of him that that they got. They got a, uh, the Astros gave up a lot for Verlander and it paid off. And I feel like that's going to set the market for him. And I think. Any team that that's in contention that has the space or has the farm system to do it, I think they'll pull the trigger on it. But it's a guy that's worth it, you know. And it's sad that you know I look at these numbers and and he's five and five, and that just shows that the supporting cast that he has putting up runs is atrocious. Yes, sir. And quickly again, all the rumors. Ken Rosenthal keeps saying it on reporting on MLB Network and the Athletic. Will he be in pinstripes? You think? I say no. I think he's going to be an Astro, and I think the Astros are going to do the same exact thing they did with JV. Um, I, don't, I don't think he was. I don't. I don't know. It's tough because there's so many names floating around the, the Yankees right yeah. now. I see Stroman. I see Stroman being a Yankee. I see Stroman because I think I think Stroman's more affordable, and I think he's I think he's more of an attraction. I, I look. There's there's history behind Scherzer and his personality in the locker room. Um, I don't know if that's a guy you bring into a clubhouse with Judge Stanton, you know, Didi, who's been there, that has the respect, NCC, who's been there. I don't know if that's a guy you're you're willing to break the bank on and, and possibly bringing in a cancer. I, I, you know, but at the end of the day, whatever you do on the field backs it up. Uh, it gets overlooked, but I, I, I am, con- I am convinced he gets moved. Where to? I don't know. I think the Yankees will be in play. I think they got the pieces for it. I don't think they pulled the trigger, though. Just my opinion. Austin, to see him pinstripes? Uh, I don't think so, just because, like, going back to what you said earlier, where you heard uh, Yankees circling around the name Stroman, another name I've heard circling around the Yankees is Bauer, and that's one I'd really like to see. Uh, so... I think there are just so many different uh, options for them that I think are better options in terms of cost and uh, longevity than uh, Scherzer. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I see what both of you are saying. I kind of agree more with Dean on the side, though. He made a very good point with bringing a cancer in the locker room. Yeah. I would say out of all the guys we mentioned, I would say Stroman would probably fit in more being that energetic, uh, young type of pitcher. That's more of this new phase with that Judge, Didi, Stanton, Aaron Hicks. Uh, you know, he's kind of a little bit of a prankster. You know, Max Scherzer has had personality problems that we've heard in the past in the locker room, and he's a very straightforward guy. And I think Bauer's a little bit too technical and with technology and stuff, and he's very he's not very social, I would say, from what I see with his teammates. Mm-hmm. So I do I do think that Stroman would be probably the better fit. Which also leads me to believe he's not going to fare well in the New York market. I think Stroman fits the New York media ten times better than Scherzer would. I don't think. I, look, if, if you can handle New York media, you can handle 
all the pressure that comes wearing pinstripes, but I don't see him being like, I imagine him being like my, my best comparison is him being a Greg Popovich with the Spurs on the Yankees. I, I think his, his interviews would be dry. I think they would eat him alive. That's yeah. just my opinion. But, and, but uh, you know, Stroman's the guy I think they should target. He's a power righty with some flair. Uh, and I think, you, you know, he get, he'll get along with guys like Gary and Gleiber and all that. So I think that's a better fit for, for the Yanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he can handle it, too. He's a big social media guy. And he was born not that far from the Bronx. He's from New York. So, yeah, but to wrap that up, speaking of the Braves, like we were talking about, they've been tearing it up. Currently, they're 9-10 and 10 out of their last uh, 10 games. They won nine of them. They were on an eight-game winning streak, but that uh, came to an end against the Phillies the other night. But they came back the next day and absolutely demolished the Phillies, winning 15-1. to 1. This team is hot. The offense is unbelievable. They've scored an outrageous amount of runs. I saw before on MLB Network. I forget the, the exact number, but it's ridiculous. They're scoring like se- averaging seven runs a game. It's, it's insane. 386 in 72 games. That's insane. Yeah. And now, like we were talking about, you have Keuchel. I mean, you could. This division can take a huge turn. They're they're leading the division right now, but for the next couple weeks, just like the Nationals, they might be able to either take this division because they could obviously lose it in the second half, or just take a huge lead and just run away with it. They're playing the Mets tonight. They have a three-game series there. Then they play the Nationals. Then they go in the NL Central and play the Cubs for three. And then they come back for the Mets, and they play the Phillies again at away. That one's in Philadelphia. But this, I mean, they definitely have the advantage, and they have the chance right now to make a huge distance gap in the, in the standings. If not, maybe just they know they're going to the playoffs and have a chance at the wild card or just taking the division. I would love to see this statistic over the next, over the next, you know, hundred or uh, ninety games or whatever it is. They've gotten run production um, from all of their pitchers too. I don't know, and I, I would have to, I would have to go back and look at the history on this. But they have over a hundred and twenty runs scored from their pitching staff. You know, like that. That's that's got to be. They might be approaching a record. I'll, I'll fact check this, and, and, and we'll touch on this again. But they are, they are getting – no, completely wrong on this. Don't fact check me on it. Bad. Uh, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> not, not true at all. Not true. Completely misread this. Completely misread this. But having said that, um, I would st- – they still got they still got a pitcher on their team. Um, who is this? Max Max Fried, Max Fried. The guys, yeah, batting, yeah. Guys batting two hundred eight. Guys batting two hundred eight. You know, like if I was a pitcher in the major leagues hitting two hundred eight, I'd be I'd be more than satisfied. I would probably retire. If he stays over the Mendoza line, they should put him in the Hall of Fame right away. We love pitchers who rake. Uh, who doesn't? Pitchers who rake. It's coming from a PO. So, yeah, I mean, that guy, that, that guy should be given uh, the MVP right now. <laughs> no, you know who may be considered MVP? For the Braves, at least. They have this new kid, Austin Powers. I don't know if you've heard of him. Austin Riley is having an absolutely outrageous 
rookie season so far. I took these numbers from two nights ago. He's batting 295 with a 336 on base percentage and a 952 OPS. He already has 10 home runs and 30 RBIs. He's only played 28 games. He's averaging over one, RP, one RBI per game. This is ridiculous. This is the type of season that we saw Cody Bellinger have. What was that, back in 2016? Are we going to see a repeat of this? Is he going to, like, I, I see him, like, maybe even, like, reaching 30 home runs. I mean, this isn't the first time we saw a kid come up and, and tear it up. You know, Judge did the same thing. Sanchez did the same thing. You know, and that kind of put him on the map. Um, I, I feel like these numbers are only going to increase. They've increased over the last three nights. This kid's the real deal. Um, you know, he, he's hit 11 bombs. He's got 32 RBIs, like you said. But now here, here's the statistic that scares me, and this is the, the, the stat that, that today's baseball world – doesn't really care about. He's fanned 41 times in 31 games. Okay, but on an overall whole, this team strikes out a lot. You know, this team has, has struck out 615 times in, in 72 games. So, um, you know, that's something to look after. But at the end of the day, if you can hit, you can hit. And right now, this kid's proven he can hit. Yeah, I completely Yeah, for sure. For sure. What are you going to say, Austin? I just I completely agree about that. Sixteen of his sixteen of his thirty six hits are extra base hits. I mean, this kid just flat out rakes. Yeah, like every single night, I see something on Twitter or Instagram on the MLB account or even the Braves account. It's just him either hitting doubles or nukes, just hitting tanks over the fence every single night. I feel like. But that, that at the end of the day, that team's going to go as far as 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 Ozzy Albies takes him. That that, that guy's their spark plug. Uh, he's, he's more than, more than soft. They're starting to build a nice little infield there, you know? And, and, oh yeah. You got a little Dansby at short. Vandy's in the college world series again. Yeah. You got Dansby at short. Ozzy's at second. This kid's at third and you got Freeman at first. I mean, that, that, that's a heck of an infield. You know, not you even only got to, a Kuna and left. Yeah. Not only to mention, you know, Freeman's dropped 19 bombs. In the 71 games, and, and I've never been a Freddie Freeman fan, but my goodness, is he changing my mind. Actually, since we're speaking of Freddie Freeman, uh, if you're listening to, listening to this, a lot of people wouldn't know this. Freddie Freeman was very close on being a New York Yankee. I bet you didn't know that. When? Inside information, my old Bible teacher, uh, Coach Riley. Actually, you know him. He was the assistant coach for our JV team. I love Riley. Yes, Mr. Leo Riley. If you're listening to this, shout out to you. Thank you for this information because it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> never know. <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard had, haven't heard back from him like in a while since he left school and got a new job. But uh, anyway, um, hey, Coach speak- Riley, I believe Coach Riley's son Here's is a- married to Freddie Freeman's sister. What were you gonna say? Is that a fact? Yes, it is. I believe Coach Riley's son is married to Freddie Freeman's sister. So at Thanksgiving all the time, he usually sees Freddie Freeman. And at one point, he was supposed to be uh, – his contract was coming to a close, and he, he ended up extending with the Braves. But if his contract ended, he was already having talks with the Yankees on a six-year, $180 million deal to be the New York Yankees' first baseman. But he ended up extending with the Atlanta Braves. Things you can only hear on Major League Talk, folks. Sources from Coach Riley. 
fact check this. Give me time. I will find it. Uh, what I was going to say was, fun fact about Leo Riley, he, uh, he gave me a baseball book that was the size of a Bible, no pun intended, but uh, <laughs> I, I haven't read it. I haven't nice read gesture. it. Nice gesture. So if you're listening, thank you. I still have it. You know what you got to read? Mission 27. It's a New York Yankees book written by Brian Hoesch and uh, forget the other author's name. He's the Yankee beat writer, but uh, it's really good. It's a lot of inside information and cool stories about what it went inside the locker room at like at the team's parties and stuff like that. You know, they were talking about how Jay-Z was always with the team in 2009. Like you just wouldn't even know that. Like he just like a coach to them almost. Okay, well, cool read. It says here that Freddie Freeman married Chelsea Goff in 2014. Just fact-checking this. You know, you can never be never be too sure about it. No, Coach Riley's son married Freddie Freeman's sister. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'll fact-check it. We'll, I'll get back to you. We'll bring that up next podcast. I'll have an answer. <laughs> For sure. But anyway... As we were saying before, the Braves, when they were keeping their streak, they won it off a walk-off uh, single by Brian McCann into the left center field gap. And it was his 1,000th RBI of his career, and they stunned the Phillies. They came back and won. I think they scored like seven runs in like the eighth and ninth inning combined. And, you know, good for, good for McCann. He deserves this, a walk-off in front of his home crowd. He's a homegrown kid from Atlanta, and he's back with the Braves after leaving being on the Yankees and the Astros the past couple of years. And he's having a great season so far. He's batting 286 with a 345 on base percentage and an 824 OPS. And he has six homers and 27 RBIs. And he's not even their everyday catcher at the moment. And a lot of people are now starting to say, maybe give him a shot at every day. I say leave him alone because I think he is, he's 35. I think he's starting to get a little past that age and, it's an NL team. He's not going to be able to DH, obviously, every day. So he's going to have to catch. And I think it's going to be more wear and tear. And I think his his uh, his progress and what he produces may go down and stuff like that. What do you guys think? Definitely shouldn't start. You know, I, I, know, I know he's getting up there in age. But, look, I'm going on the record right now of saying when, when McCann retired, first of all, huge McCann fan. Huge, I, I loved him. I, he was a great Yankee. So seeing him back in Atlanta is, a, is great to see, but I'm going on record saying right now that when his career ends, he'll be in the booth and will and will be just as good, if not better, than David Ross. I could see that. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, that's, yeah, that's really what like like his whole image now is starting to morph towards that David Ross type image as a catcher. You know that just one that backup catcher that everyone likes. You know, uh, really just hard to like not keep around. And I think he's done like good enough, and he's he's been doing really well this year. I think that uh, it's a great way for his uh, career to end is on high note. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, currently Tyler Flowers is their starting catcher. Both great defensive catchers. They're both known for their defensive game. His batting average is 248. I mean, pretty big margin, but he also is playing every day. Um, but since Brian McCann isn't the starter, should he receive some all-star consideration for the NL? Ah, that's a stretch. Yeah. He's in second place right now, though. He's in second place behind Wilson Contreras of the Cubs. 
by a lot. It's like Wilson Contreras is going to win by a landslide. He's up by 600,000 last time I checked. An update did come out today, so I'm sure he's up by more. But, I mean, he's in front of guys that you wouldn't expect. He's in front of Buster Posey, Yadier Molina. I mean, a legendary catcher right there. I mean, the big trade this season, uh, this offseason, JT Romuto, he's in front of him. Yasmani Grandal, who's almost batting 300 with 15 tanks. I mean, uh, Wilson Ramos, who was the big story in the uh, starting AL catcher last year. I mean, he's in front of a lot of these guys that you definitely wouldn't have thought he would be in the be- uh, the beginning of the season. You guys don't think he deserves any all-star consideration whatsoever. I Look, I, I hate the all-star selection process. I think it's and, 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 and even in, even at looking at these numbers, I think they're so unbelievably ridiculous. It's, it's absurd to think about. The fact that Aaron Judge has still received 308,000 votes is a joke. <laughs> you know, it's a joke. Um, he's only played 20 games. <laughs> he's played 20 games, and even if he got in, he wouldn't be healthy to play it. Um, I, I just I, – look, I think – I think it really boils down to the loyalness of the fans, and I and I, I like it, I respect it. However, I I just like that's a that's a stretch for a guy that that gets spot time, and I understand he's, you know, he, he's doing his thing, he's holding his own at the age of thirty five. I get that, but you know, he's played thirty six games. You know, let's not let's not get let's not get out of control here. There are guys on this list that have caught sixty plus games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, that's a stretch, man. Yeah, it brings me back Agreed. to, uh, I think it was 2012, when uh, the Royals fans, like, did that whole thing and got every, like, they for a long time, the entire Royals starting lineup was the All-Star starters. Remember that? Yeah, Moustakis, Hosmer, They literally Perez, had starting an All-Star game, like, leading in votes and MLB is just like, I don't know what to do about this because like, they had eight out of the nine starter or seven out of the eight starters were, or, or were Royals and then Mike Trout. Like <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a tough system because I mean, you can't do much about that because it wouldn't be fair because technically they're like, they just got the most votes, but Definitely don't deserve it. Yeah, but look, I, look I'm a Yankee fan, and I, and I and I look, I I I love having this debate because you know we're the most loyal fan base in the world. But when you see Sanchez, Amen. you know, yeah, no doubt. When you see uh, Sanchez leading the catchers, that that's a hundred percent. I agree. Voit leading at first base. Um, I agree. You better not say you disagree. I agree for the most part. Relax, Jedi. I, Our I, king. I, look, I get it. I, I, I respect it, but guy's been cold for a few weeks now. Um, LeMahieu getting 379,000 votes. You know, and you, you keep going down. Urshela with 269 in second place. Gliber in third place. I mean, for goodness sakes, Judge is 308,000. I mentioned that. Stanton at 157,000. I'm shocked I don't see Andujar's name. You want if you look at Stanton too, his batting average is two fifty, and I think he has eight at bats with no home runs or RBIs, and he's in sixth place for DH. Yeah, who are we kidding? You know, like, and, and that's the part that that bothers me with this voting. Like, you know, obviously the, the Twins are a small market, but you know they got some guys in here because every single fan is voting a million times for these guys. 
it, it's just it, I, these numbers are so swayed to me. It's ridiculous. That's it's 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 unbelievable. Like, this guy's got eight at bats. Yeah, it is. But since we're talking about the All Star Game, and we're talking about the skewed system, did anybody see Tommy fans' comments about the All Star Game and the voting process? I did not. You see like- All right. So I quote from Tommy Fan, the fam, the center fielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, we don't get credit, man. It's always unfair. Big market versus small market. It's never going to be fair. With Aviel Garcia and me. When I saw the ballot of the guys ahead of us, Red Sox, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Yankees, Brett Gardner, and they're hitting around 200 or lower, that tells you it right there. End of quote. So basically what he's trying to say is that these guys on the race, like Garcia and himself, who are having pretty good years, don't even have a chance to make the ballot because the Tampa Bay Rays obviously don't have a big as a fan base as the, the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees, obviously. Anybody can tell you that. But since we're talking about that, what what I mean— what do you do about it? Like, what are other ways to like do this voting process? I don't really see an option though. I, I understand what he's trying to say and I do agree with it, but I don't really see another option if you're trying to get the fans more involved. You just nailed it on the head right there. If you want to get the fans you got the fans involved when the game meant something. And, and I'm at the point now where I don't even know if the game does mean anything still, does it? No, it doesn't. If you win it, it doesn't matter with the All-Star game or the World Series. If, if whoever has the best record gets home advantage for the World Series. Yeah, and I think that's where like they try to get the fans involved there for TV ratings. And it worked for a little bit until the players had something to say about it. And at the end of the day, I think the only way you can get the fans involved is by doing it this way. However... What is more important to a baseball player are, are you know, is, is all-star appearances a reason to, to be a, a Hall of Famer? You know, is that something that Hall of Fame um, voters are sitting there, you know, talking about at a table? Or are they strictly looking at statistics? Because if you look at some of these guys that have, that have um, you know, have, have made it to the Hall of Fame, you'll see they got 10 all-star selections, 11 all-star selections. But when does that when does that category become irrelevant because they're just voting people in because they're the fan favorite? Uh, I feel like there's got to be a makeover on that process. What that makeover is is tough. You know, like I, I don't, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe you go back to the little league process where you got to send one representative at least, and your team elects it. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. And that, that's a tough question to ask. But if you want to keep the fans involved, this is the only way to do it. And the, and the small markets are just going to get shafted repeatedly every single year. It's frustrating. Yeah, for sure. It's frustrating. I mean, I, I, by no means, I'm going to be honest, I don't think Tommy Pham should be an all-star. I think he's having an outstanding year for him and himself, but I do think other guys are having better years. Or is having a better season than him. Um, but I think he's right. I mean, I love Brett Gardner. He's a leader and a great role model for any kid. And he's, he's a great leader in the clubhouse. You hear about how he's a, this fun, energetic and jokester prankster type guy that just keeps the locker room alive. But you know, he's obviously not what he was at one time batting 280 with all these stolen bases. He had that one season where he like hit like 15 bombs. He might even hit 20 if I'm mistaken. 
But, you know, he's just not that guy anymore. He's 35. He might even be 36 years old now. It's probably going to be his last year with the Yankees, if I had to guess. You know, it sucks seeing him get old, but, you know, by no means do I think Brett Gardner should have more votes than Tommy Pham. And like you were saying, it's just because the Yankees are a bigger franchise and they have more fans. But I do think Brett Gardner deserves something in Monument Park. I don't even think it's a plaque or a number retirement, but I think it's just like maybe just a pin in the corner or something. I think he deserves something. Maybe a flower. But but here's, here's, <laughs> here's the reality of the situation. Tampa Bay will not be there much longer. There is no way they continue to hold that market. Their, their attendance levels have been dropping year after year, and the only place that gets kind of crazy is when the Yanks come to town. Where the Sox come to town, where they have where they have fifty or sixty percent of Red Sox or the away teams fans there. I mean, it's the same thing with the Marlins. That like the Marlins will stay here because it's a baseball market and Jeter's doing his thing, but they don't have that in Tampa. So I would be shocked in ten years if we're sitting here still talking about the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, they're talking about getting a new stadium in St. Petersburg, or well, no, in actually Tampa Bay. Right now, the Tampa Bay Rays place isn't even in Tampa Bay. I don't know why they're called the Tampa Bay Rays. It's in St. Petersburg. It's on an island. Like, they're trying to move, I think, somewhere. It starts with a C. I think it's maybe 40 minutes outside actual Tampa Bay. But there's also talks that they might move to New Jersey. So I do know what you're talking about there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time. But while we're on this topic, let me bring up the fact that I'm going on record right now saying that there is a 100% that Rookie of the Year in the National League will be Pete Alonso, And this guy needs <laughs> And I'm sitting here looking at, at his numbers and, and, I, and, and, the, and the votings, that, the votes that come in for this guy. Are, are, there is just no reason why he is only in fifth. This guy has single-handedly carried the Mets to relevancy in the NL East right now. And I think the Mets are only a, a move or two away, and, and they're starting pitchers to to finally come play baseball at seven o'clock, not eight thirty. And I think they have a legit shot at contending in this division because of the emergence of this guy. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, he's a big time player. He sure is. But you know, they just lost another starting pitcher. Noah Syndergaard pulled his hammy last night. So, I mean, you're down that. I mean, Dugram is starting to make more signs of that that type of stuff we saw last year, but he was in a, pat, a rough patch where he, he was not the same where he was last year. I think he has a little bit over a three RA. I mean, that's still pretty good, but that's not Dugram Cy Young good that we were used to seeing for a while with the quality starts uh, streak in a row. I mean, you're looking at Syndergaard, Wheeler, and Dugram at 13 and 14 in the record books right now, and and it's not pretty. And and Syndergaard's ERA is four and a half. Wheeler's at, at, at approaching five, and and Degrom's a three three eight right now. Mats is, you know, he he doesn't even have his best stuff right now. And, and it's and I make fun of the guy when I watched him pitch the other night because Vargas takes thirty five seconds to throw a freaking pitch. But my goodness, please take a moment, real quick. Let's remember the New York Met fans wanted Jason. They all wanted to pitch in, buy a jet pack, and send this man to the moon and never see him again. He has been their best starting pitcher for the past month. Doesn't he have, like, under a one ERA or something in his past, like, four games? 
it's something outrageous. Yeah, I mean, and they wa- they wanted nothing to do with this guy when the first like three starts of the season he gave up like seven runs in three innings and his ERA was like sixteen. I mean, it's still high because it's coming down, but the last couple of starts he's been the most reliable and they're they're ace. He's been really legit over the last few weeks. My problem with him is every time I I see him, he just doesn't look like a baseball player to me, and it bothers. <laughs> He looks like a scientist. <laughs> uh, I would choose another profession, but I. Uh, you never he, seen the picture with the glasses? He looks like an actor, and I'm not talking about movies that are mainstream. Okay, I, I just I, I, there's just something about the guy that that bothers me. Maybe because that Yankee game took four and a half hours, because it it seemed like it literally seemed like a minute and a half in between pitches, but I was sitting here with my stopwatch and he was 25 pitches, 25 seconds a pitch. And when he stepped off, he was at 48 seconds a pitch. I wanted to lose my mind. I can't watch the guy pitch and I'll never watch him pitch again, because to be honest with you, I don't think I'll ever watch a Mets game again, <laughs> but I'll watch highlights of Pete Alonzo swing the bat. Yeah. That's fair. He had a freaking bomb the other night. It went all the way in the third deck. But anyway, like you were saying with Jason Vargas, how has he even been so good? This guy throws 85 miles an hour. He sits 85. He might even sit 84, I think. He doesn't even top 90 anymore. This was a guy that was on the Royals that I think was hitting like 93, and then literally with the flick of a switch or snap of your fingers, he throws like 84, 85. And he's somehow getting outs. I, I think I think the graphic I saw the other night was he throws forty percent of his pitches are changeups. Something absurd like that. It's like 35, 40% percent of his pitches are changeups. And for some reason people can't sit back on it. But I'll say it again. I'll never watch him pitch again. It's like watching paint dry. <laughs> but he's good. But he's good. Let's not, I'm, not, I'm not bashing the guy's talent. The guy can pitch. The guy knows how to pitch, and he's doing it with sub, sub-average sub velo. Like, I get it, but I can't watch him pitch. God, yeah, for sure. If you're throwing 84, 85, and you're getting outs and being dominant like he has in the past, props up to you in respect. But, uh, That's part of him being successful now is because he's throwing so slow and he's taking so long between pitches. Hitters just want to swing the bat <laughs> They just can't sit back yeah, any longer sure. after waiting a minute for a pitch to be thrown and then have it come in at 77 miles an hour. Just, nope. Yeah. the Another all-star, date, uh, all-star update was updated today. Um, to go over it real quick, uh, AL catcher and NL catcher, the AL catcher leader right now is Gary Sanchez of the New York Yankees with 1.3 million votes. He has a pretty big lead. He almost has a million. He's about 800,000 and change ahead right now. You think it's him? 100%. It's the same thing with Wilson Contreras. He has 1.5 million votes. Wilson Contreras, catcher for the Chicago Cubs. And in second place, again, like we were talking about, he's still there with 725,000 votes. Brian McCann. Grandal is behind him. And then Romuto, Molina, Barnes, Walters of the Rockies. Wilson Ramos, Posey, and then Jan Gomes. This is, I mean, this is pretty much wrapped up. You know who your starting catchers are for the AL and NL teams. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And AL, for, AL first baseman Luke Voigt is still in the lead. 
barely about a hundred thousand votes. So, I mean, that could definitely change CJ Crone and the twins is right behind them. And NL it's a pretty tight race with Josh Bell and Freddie Freeman. My vote, I think Josh Bell deserves it more. He has a higher batting average, has a higher OPS, but the home runs are about the same. I think they actually both have 19. Um, what do you guys think? Josh Bell's tearing it up this year. Like he's he's burst onto the scene this year, and uh, I mean, they. Mm, I think he deserves it. Like, I think that he's just really having a breakout season this year. I think he deserves uh, that honor. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can't go wrong either way. I mean, they're both they both got nice swings. I mean, Josh Bell's a switch hitter. Freddie yeah. Freeman's just a lefty, but I mean, both power bats and both are showing it. Just not being a power bat, they're being a reliable, consistent hitter, batting yeah. over three hundred. Yeah. You got anything to say, Dean? Uh, to be honest with you, my ADHD kicked in, and I was trying to find a good movie to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't lie. Sorry. Sorry, we we appreciate the truth. <sighs> There's no lines of sin. Lying's a sin. You're on. You're on call with a reverend right now. So, wait a minute. Lying's a sin. Why didn't anyone tell me? Hail <laughs> <laughs> second base leader is Tommy Lestella of the Angels. Program is there swearing on this program or is this G-rated? Jimmy has sweared before. Jimmy has said uh, that the the Orioles Jimmy. have dragged the nuts, dragged their nuts across the Red Sox face. He has also dropped a few f bombs. Love it, Jim Bone, that a babe. <laughs> but Tommy Listell of the Angels has a million votes, right behind Jose Altuve, which I'm very surprised because he's batting 243. He does not deserve this at all. He was on the DL for about three weeks. You're talking about guys that don't play enough. Well, then he's a great example of someone that doesn't deserve it, because I think DJ LeMahieu deserves it. I mean, this guy is just flat-out rakes for the Yankees. I mean, the most reliable. And it's not just not just because I'm a Yankee fan and just, like, he's a Yankee guy. It's just, even if he was on the Red Sox, I'd say he deserves it. He's been their clutch hitter. He hasn't gotten hurt all season like everybody else has seemed to on the Yankees. I mean, he's just been a reliable guy. With, I think he's batting 316. He's been up and down. In the beginning of the season, he was batting 400 for a while. Uh... Look, I love, I love LeMayhew for, for three reasons. One, the guy packs hammers. Absolute hammers. I've never seen him hit without a dip in. Okay, that's two is the guy's hitting 311 in the leadoff spot, which I, I, was, I was hoping he was going to hit leadoff earlier in the year. But, you know, he didn't get his chance until he started, you know, until the injuries uh, went down. But at the end of the day, this guy has come in. And, and he's an unorthodox infielder. The guy's 6'4". You know, so he kind of looked strange when he, when he was at second base. He just, he just, he looked, he just looked awkward. But um, I think the guy deserves it. And, you know, if you look at – and this is, this, this is the thing where I, where I always talk about the MVP discussion for things. And, and I always have the discussion in my head, well, you know, who – who is the MVP of this team? Well, it, my opinion is if you take this person off the team, you know, where are they at? Now, the Yankees got a few of those guys. If you took Gary off the, off the Yanks, you know, God knows where they would be. If you took Gliber off the Yanks, God knows where they would be. But this is another instance where if you take LeMahieu off the Yanks right now, 
You know, I have no idea where they would be right now. I, I am not saying this because I'm a Yankee fan. He was the most underrating, underrated signing this offseason. Absolutely. Nobody, nobody was trying to go out and get him. Nobody. Everybody was saying, who were they saying to get? They were saying to get Jonathan Scope for the Yankees. He's having himself a good season, but nowhere as close as DJ LeMahieu. He was the most underrated signing, I think, this offseason. And they got him for cheap. Two years, right? Two years, $24 million. You know, he's going to make – but at the end of the day, they signed him with the idea that he was going to be a spot starter. And this guy's come in and, and has, has held – I mean, this, is, this guy's a career 299 hitter. You know, and, and people said, well, the, the ball flies out, out of Colorado. That's why he was able to hit 15 bombs last year. Well, the guy's got eight this year, and we're not even halfway through the season. So he's going to surpass that. And on top of that, I mean, you're looking at a guy that had 62 RBIs in Colorado last year. His career high is 66. He's at 41 right now, not even halfway through. He's going to surpass that. Um, and this is a guy that doesn't strike out a lot. You know, he does not strike out. He has struck out 618 times in his career. Oh, wow. Over eight six years. Six years of MLB service, at least. Eight. Eight years of MLB service. 618 Ks. Now, his first two years, he, you know, it was 118 games total. But since then, I mean, you're looking at a guy from 2014 to 2018, played at least 118. 128 games you know so he gets his he gets his playing time in a career high in 2017 he played 155 of the 162 games with, with Colorado last year I think he got injured he only played a, a buck 28 but you know he, he uh he's worth the money and and I think if you take him off this team I don't know where they would be and my goodness I'm I'm happy he's a Yankee because he he's in the leadoff spot yeah, I, I love. I know you love Brett Gardner, but I'll never think of Brett Gardner again if this guy's a Yankee for another four years. Oh, I totally agree with that statement too. This was exactly what the Yankees needed. We were talking about this in the off season when we had when one of like our first episodes of the podcast that the Yankees needed somebody that was that base hits guy. We were talking about even like a Jed Lowry and stuff like that. The whole time it was just power, 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 and there was never the guy that would just get a little dinky hit down the line. All you really have was Brett Gardner, but he was just getting old. Now you got this new fresh face in there, and he's succeeding. He's accepted New York. I mean, like, there's nothing else to say other than he's just tearing it up. He's doing his job, and everybody's happy. Yeah, it brings me back to the offseason when they first signed him, and a lot of people were talking about uh, how the reason they signed him was to try and, like, clear a way for Nolan Arenado to step in at third base. And then, uh, so when Arenado signed, like I, I know some people who were like thinking that it was just kind of like a waste of a signing, and they weren't really expecting much. Like most people just saw him as a signing to open that bridge for Arenado, and then now he's far surpassing the expectations that the Yankees had for him when they signed him. And so a lot of people are really excited about this and uh, overlooking that uh, first little period where. They were kind of disappointed uh, with the signing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the NL uh, second base leader right now is Ozzy Albies of the Atlanta Braves with a 
with about a million. He's a little bit over a million right now. And then right behind him, I mean, close by 50,000, actually 40,000 votes is Mike Moustakas. This is his first year qualifying for second base. He's always been a third baseman, obviously, with the Royals. And then he got traded last year to the Brewers, but he played more sec- or third base than second base. This year he's officially a second baseman. Uh, I think this goes to Albies, and I think it. I think he's going to be kind of the owner of this spot for the next couple of seasons. Ozzy? Yes, Ozzy Albies. I love everything about Ozzy Albies. I love everything about Ozzy Albies. I think he has, you know, he's up there with with Javi Baez, with my love for Miller. Um, there, there's no, I, I have nothing bad to say about it. I think he plays the, the the game the right way, and I think he's got the, I think he's got, arguably the best hands, uh, in the league. Yeah, we know you love those Ron Washington videos. Love the Ronnie Watch videos, and Ozzy makes it look easy. Yeah. AL third base right now, Alex Bregman, one point three million. Gio Urshela right by. Uh, not really right behind him. It's kind of a, a landslide. Uh, this is going to be Bregman's uh, starting role at a AL third base. Gio Urshela has around 500,000 votes with Hunter Dozier right behind him with 425,000. Um, is this Bregman's? Are you happy it's Bregman's? Or are you, again, shocked that Gio Urshela or a Dozier or maybe even a Devers isn't really getting a chance? Well, I'm in a home run league where it's a, it's a fantasy league that only – is about home runs. And I walked out that after the draft night and I had Bregman and Duhar and Stanton and I was 100% sure I was going to win this league. But Bregman has single-handedly kept me in this fantasy league because the dude is continuing to show off his talents and I don't think he was rewarded enough for the contract that he signed. But Bregman is 100% the real deal. Yes, for sure. I think he definitely deserves the starting position. Yeah. The, you nailed the, it on the head. The, or, He's the, a five-tool player. Oh, five absolutely. Player. And the Urshela stuff, look, at the end of the day, he's put up all-star numbers. I don't think he, he, does, I don't think he deserves to be an all-star because – and here's my thought process on it. If, if a guy like – DD comes back, right, and Urshela's the odd one out now. And that's, and that's the sad part about baseball, which is D.D. comes back and the guy that has put up ridiculous numbers to keep you in contention and ha- have regained the division lead is the odd one out. And that's just the price you pay when, you know, guys on the team have, have done more than you for, for a more amount of time. But Urshel or, or, or is worth the votes. Do I think he's worth that many votes? No, but I think he's worth votes. Yeah, I understand that. What do you think, Austin? Uh, I completely agree. I think Bregman is absolutely uh, tearing it up. He absolutely deserves a spot. Uh, yeah, I think Urshela has done great for the Yankees, but uh, I, I, it's Bregman's spot to start this year. Yeah, are you guys a little surprised that Jose Ramirez uh, of the Cleveland Indians has just been – I'll say it flat out horrible. It's I mean, a, this was a guy that was th- this was a guy that was top three in the MVP voting, I think, for the last three years. 
And yeah. he has had no signs of life this this entire season. It's been nothing. It's been a hundred. I think he has like a one eighty two batting average, and it's just strikeout after strikeout after ground ball, ground ball. No signs of power. It's not like he has twenty home runs and he's just batting like one eighty two. It's it's nothing. Like I, I don't know what's happened. He was this top top caliber player that would that would basically led them when Francisco Lindor was hurt for a while. Like he he put the team on his back. When, are you guys shocked? Not much shocks me anymore, especially living in Florida. When you read those headlines that say Florida man, <laughs> nothing shocks me anymore, especially in the beautiful game of baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arenado's obviously he's leading that in the NL. He he gets it every year. One point four. I mean, he's big, he's almost at one point five million votes. Bryant's behind him. It's Arenado's. I mean, this guy makes absolutely ridiculous plays. I mean, he's a wizard at third base. I've never seen anybody be such a great defender. Like in my time, I can't say that because I never got to see. Uh, of Robinson play and stuff like that for the Orioles. But, I mean, obviously, this guy's the, the real deal, and he's the best defender I've ever seen And while I grew up and play, watched baseball. What do you guys think? I think he's better than Machado. 100%. Yeah, 100% agree with that. He is the best uh, baseman in the game. Yeah. Another five-tool player. I mean, he has everything thing that you you would want i mean he's a great role model and he's a great leader in the clubhouse al shortstop this is surprising jorge polanco of the twins right now is leading but he has eight hundred thousand votes and carlos correa is right behind him and so is glaber torres and tim anderson of the white Sox. francisco lindor is kind of in there i mean he can definitely make a push but he's going to need a little bit more help than those other three are you guys shocked that Jorge Polanco, if it ended today, would be your starting shortstop for the AL? Uh, I'm very shocked with that number. Uh, I know he's having a good year, but once again, I go back to the small market. Minnesota's a small market, and for him to be leading that um, kind of discredits what anyone from the Rays is saying. You know, so I think I think it's possible that small markets can. Um, can win some votes. However, do I think he should be ahead of Gliber? And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Yankee fan. I don't because I think Gliber, you know, slid over to shortstop. He's not necessarily a true shortstop. And, and, and I'm shocked Correa isn't getting more votes for the position that he's in. So I think it's shocking. I think he deserves the votes, but I, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's worth the start. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, well. even Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, I'm, I'm surprised, like, if, like, you, I mean, like you said, like, Glaber, you can't go wrong with Tim Anderson and the White Sox either. I mean, the guy, the guy was batting, like, 340 for the longest time, and then he kind of went into a little bit of a dip. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's still batting 300, which is higher than Glaber Torres. And the guy has put up power numbers, and he's kind of having a breakout season, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. He is having a breakout season. I think uh, some of the things he's said in the media have definitely hurt him in uh, terms of fan voting. 
But uh, he's definitely playing well, and I think he deserves more votes. Yeah, Dean, since you're on the podcast today, me and Austin have talked about this. What are your thoughts on bat flips and whatnot? Uh, Tim Anderson's bat flip obviously was probably more recent, which was probably one of the bigger ones. What do you think about those? I mean, oh, man, this is tough. Uh, Here's the thing. Um, If you hit it that far, um, I'm okay, I'm okay with a bat flip. I, I'm, but there's a difference. Bat flipping has now turned into bat throwing, and I think that's where the problem comes into play. Um, his his bat throw, I'll call it. Did that lead to a bench clear? Yes, that led to him getting hit in the back and benches clearing with the Royals. And that's what's going to happen every single time. And I'm okay with that because baseball players are the most vengeful people in the world. They never forget. I mean, you saw how long it took for the Rangers to get their revenge on, on Bautista. You know, it, it took over a year. And they sat there all offseason and thought about it. And the first time they saw each other, um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's never going to go away. Um, I, I think today's day and age has changed and the bat flip has evolved. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with a bat flip. I'm okay with a stare at it, but you go to a bat throw and I'm admiring how far I hit this baseball. You better be prepared to get drilled. My problem with the pitchers is they wait to drill that guy. I would drill the next guy. It's someone that had nothing to do with it. And I would drill the next guy and then I would drill the next guy. Oh, big moves. And then when that other guy, when that guy comes back up, I'd hit him. And I would just force three guys. Well, I think you'd be probably ejected by then if I had to guess. But Yeah, no doubt. But still, and and this is where baseball is kind of, I don't know, maybe it's just the person I am. I would headhunt that guy. Realistically speaking, I, I would hit the next guy, no doubt. But then when that guy came up in the next in the next game of the series, I would straight head hunt him. And, and I know that's that that's bad to say because do you mean to... hit him in the head, like I... hit hit him, or do you mean just like just whiz one by his head and just give him like a little like check, like hey, well, I remember he... what you did. Like is that what you mean? I, I, I'm a, I, I'm perfectly fine with with the with the check. You know, I, I obviously I, I don't want to I don't want to hurt anybody. And in pitchers nowadays throwing 96, 97, it's going to hurt somebody. But I would go high, high and tight, up and in, and if and and you're going to know I'm there, and you're going to have something to say about it. And if he has something to say about it, I drill him again, you know, because I, I just I don't think I don't think there's a place for it, and I think it gets to a point where that single-handedly and look, here's the thing: there's a difference of, of bat flipping on a team that's really good, and you don't necessarily see bat flips from teams that are really good you know in a play that that is true that is true you don't see it no in a a playoff situation is completely different look if it was me and i hit a bomb in a playoff game to take the lead my goodness i would i would pimp it like you can't believe but am i gonna pimp a bomb i I think the, the the tim anderson one was what game game six game three maybe of the year Oh, I don't think it was that early, but it definitely was early in the season, yeah. Yeah, it was first two or three weeks in. Like, uh, calm down, buddy. You know, he's uh, – I, I just – I don't know. 
I can't wait till when he goes to Kansas City what they're going to do. They're going to boo the crap out of him. You already know that's coming. Oh, he's going to get drilled again. Oh, yeah, for sure. Benches are going to clear. And there's going to be more suspensions. But, you know, I think it's fun and it's cool for baseball because then you see the big storylines on SportsCenter. So. Um, but since we're talking about bat flips and stuff, I think the greatest comment in baseball ever happened last week. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Tell me. Max Muncy said, if you have a problem with it, why don't you go get the ball in the ocean? <laughs> Max, Mun- Max Muncy hit a ball that I don't think has landed yet into the ocean at San Francisco off Madison Bumgardner. Yeah. Savage. I mean, wow. I, like, that was the greatest comment I think I've ever heard. Like, basically hit the home run. By the way, this wasn't even that big of a bat flip. He just kind of admired it. It wasn't really a bat flip. He just kind of stared at it for maybe half a second and then just started running and trotted around the bases. And that was about it. While he was running around the bases, just um, Bumgardner said, hey, what are you doing? Drop the bat and run. And he said, I'm going to admire it. And hey, if you got a problem with it, why don't you go get the ball in the ocean? I, I thought that was pretty neat. I thought that was the greatest comeback ever. And I'm a Max Muncy fan now. I don't even know what... I don't even know what Bumgarner could say to that. Well, look, I heard it on starting nine the other day, and it's getting old too. Uh, the Bumgarner thing where like, hey, don't bat flip off me, and I'm going to stare you down, and I'm going to punch you in the face. It's getting old. The act needs to stop. You're not going to actually punch him in the face. We all know that. And if you did, sick. I want to see it. But we all, you know, we all know you're not. So uh, it just, it's getting old. It's every, it's every time someone hits a home run off him, it's, hey, trot around the bases. I'll pay to watch that. I'll pay to watch that. But at the end of the day, if you don't want, if you don't want people bat flipping, don't serve one up. Yeah, that's my whole stance on it. I, like, like, yeah, like, I hate bat flips when I'm the one pitching, but that's your fault. Like, <laughs> someone hits a bomb, it's on you, so just don't let it happen. In the same way, I think pitchers can pimp strikeouts. Yeah, for sure. It has to go both ways. I mean, I will say, though, if, if there's a guy in the major leagues that you probably would never pimp a home run off of, no matter how far it went, if I had to pick someone that I would never probably pimp a home run off of, it would probably be Madison Bumgarner. Because he kind of – I just feel like he's the last pitcher, I think, that that's still around, that still is like – Kind of like a sheriff type that's just – you just don't want to pimp a home run off him. Like, you know, you I don't know how to describe it, but like the John Lackeys and stuff like that, if you pimped a home run off him, you knew a ball was going to – you were going to get a ball drilled in your ribs the next time you were up or the next guy up. It was going to be both of you. And I don't think there's a lot of guys like that anymore, and I really think Madison Bumgarner is really the last of that kind of generation. What do you guys think? I were to, if I were to create a list, Bumgarner would probably be one. Two would probably be, be CC, And three would probably be Syndergaard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty Syndergaard good list. Head off of a fastball. Yeah, that was straight off the top of the dome. I like that list, though. That's a good list. That was a good list just off the top of your head. I mean, we already saw Syndergaard throw it 
Chase Utley's head in the World Series right away, or behind his back, the first pitch of the game. I've seen that video so many times at this point because it's all over the internet of the mic'd up Terry Francona ejection or whatever. Yeah. Or not Terry but, Francona. Uh, you know what I mean. I think, I think it's Collins. Yeah, it is Collins. Yeah, it's Collins. Love that mic'd up video. Yeah. Uh, back to the All-Star update, though. Uh, NL shortstop Javi Baez, $1.6 million landslide. He deserves it. Dansby Swanson's behind him, but Baez is going to get it. Agreed? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And almost with 2 million votes already, who other than Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? He deserves it. Springer's behind yeah. him and Brantley, both Astros. So basically they would all be the three starting uh outfielders for them and Austin Meadows is right behind them who I tremendously think he deserves it he's having an unbelievable season and the Pirates what a joke you guys made the biggest mistake on trading him for Chris Archer are you kidding me we're not even talking about Tyler Glass now too we're talking about Meadows for Chris Archer and they got Tyler Glass now on top of it I mean that 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 was they're stupid I want to talk about bad trades. We do we cross sports because I'll tell you what, the Lakers got ripped. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that too. Everybody kept saying like, "Oh, the Lakers! Oh, what a great trade!" I was like, "It seems like they gave up a lot for that." But yeah. I mean, th- three first round draft picks. That's what shocked me. That's why I was like, "You're getting all those players and three three picks." I mean, think about this, right? They're gonna have. They're going to have Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Zion, and whoever they take at four. That, team's make, that team makes the playoffs in the East. The West is going to get watered down. Uh, the Warriors aren't going to be what they were last year because of, of the injuries that they suffered. That was sad to see. But in reality, uh, don't be surprised if the Pelicans make the playoffs next year because they are going to be fun to watch and they are going to be loaded for years to come. It was a bad deal. The Lakers want to win now. It just shows you the the power that an athlete can have. And I'm so happy you don't see that in baseball. I am so happy you don't see that in baseball. And, and it's sad to see a guy can can command uh, tr- the trade market, the free agency market like LeBron does. I have never been a LeBron fan, but that's just the one thing. that it, Because you, you play nine guys, you got a 25-man 25, 25 roster, a 40-man roster, you don't see it. In baseball, you don't see it in football. You don't see it in hockey. No one gives a shit about soccer, but basketball is becoming a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a fan of Lavar Ball? That's his first oh, name, right? Lavar. Yeah, it is Lavar. Yeah, I was watching. Uh, wait, would you see him on first take today? I did not. But was he basically saying, "Oh, I wanted them to trade my son"? That's exactly. shut up. No, you did it. Shut up. That's exactly what he was saying. Um, he's an idiot. He's he's an idiot. I I love the guy for it, it's kind of like do I like Trump? Uh, no. This is now a political podcast, everyone. It's it, the answer is no, but yes because I I think the guy just says whatever he wants. Um, and I and at the end of the day, he's still finding his way on the television. You know, so he's doing something right for the sense of like marketing and media, but I think the guy is an absolute idiot. I think both guys are absolute idiots. Yeah. yeah I mean, I just think LeVar Ball is just, 
he's just I don't think he's relevant and I just think people pay too too much attention to him, you know what I mean? Like where his what he has to say really doesn't matter. So I don't know why everybody's always so into it. It doesn't matter and it's never going to matter. But but that the thing is is he's still getting invites to first take. Sorry if you heard that beeping. Yeah, we did. Sorry. Um, he's still getting invites to first take. He's sitting there next to Stephen A. He gets his, he gets all all of the publicity that he wants. And in the words of NWA, you know, bad publicity is good publicity. So he's using it. Yeah. Um, NL outfield update. All stars. Uh, obviously, the MVP of this season so far, Cody Bellinger of the of uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers has 2.1 million votes, the most out of anybody so far, and right behind him with 2 million votes and change is Christian Yelich, the reigning MVP of the Milwaukee Brewers. And Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Atlanta Braves has roughly 1.2 million. Uh, that's pretty much wrapped up, I think, with the uh, all-star update. I mean, that's basically going to be your three-man outfield for the NL. No, 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 I'm not talking about wrapping oh, up the whole thing. I, I just think that the three, the, those are basically going to be your three. Albert Almora Jr. is six hundred thousand, but he's he doesn't even have he needs a double to reach Ronald Acuna. I think that's that's wrapped up basically in the NL outfield. Yeah, that's a wrap out there. Yeah, and then lastly, designated hitter J.D. Martinez right now with almost nine hundred thousand votes and a surprising Hunter Pence. Of the Texas Rangers with 600,000. He did go on the IL today, just the 10 day. He may be back in a very short stint, but you never know. I think it was a problem with one of his leg muscles. I don't know if it was a hammy or a quad, but it was somewhere around there. May even have been a hip. But uh, yeah, like you were saying, I mean, Stanton is still in sixth place with almost 300,000 votes. Garcia, Garcia of the Rays that we were talking about that's having a pretty good season is behind Giancarlo Stanton with 280,000. Stanton has 295,000. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, shocking. He's only had eight at-bats this season. That's unbelievable. Yeah. But real quickly, out of all of these guys to wrap up the All-Star update, who are you most surprised is not leading in the position in the votes for the, for the AL or NL? Well, there's a couple guys for me uh, that I'm not sure about leading, but at least would have more votes. Uh, first off, the guy who's impressed, like they've both exceeded crazy expectations this year, were Joey Gallo and Shohei Otani. Uh, Gallo is just becoming a complete hitter now. Like he's been so uh, vital to the Rangers lineup, and he's been huge for them this year and uh, I definitely think he deserves more votes I think he's in like fifth place or something like that and then uh Shohei Otani he went yard again today like that he is heating up he missed the first good part of the season because of Tommy John and uh he's just hitting now like wait till he comes back on the mound but as a hitter he is killing it right now he he's the first Japanese player to hit for the cycle like he's been going off lately uh, I, I would agree. I would agree with Otani in the uh, in the AL, only because you would expect to see, you know, the 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 Japanese votes come in 
and, and you would expect that to be a staggering number. Um, and, you know, who knows, maybe he gains ground. I don't think he would, but that's, that's my AL pick. My NL, J.D., you and I better be on the same page of this. It's Bryce Mine's Harper. Did Bryce Harper? Oh. I was going to say DJ LeMahieu or Tim Anderson. I mean, Tim Anderson just flat out rakes. I'm not that big of a fan, obviously, of the bat flips. I mean, I, I'm, I agree with bat flips. I don't agree with, like, bat throwing, like you were saying, but the guy can rake. And I was going to say DJ LeMahieu, I'm surprised, is not leading. But Bryce Harper? I'm, I did, I'm, not, I'm going to be honest. I did not have him in mind. I did I'm, not. I'm shocked he's not top four. I mean, think about it. Though, with all the money they, they – I mean, think about this, right? You got – you have Machado um, – where's Machado at? Where's Machado? Give me, give me Machado's numbers. Machado right now. That's shortstop. Third, Third. base, he's in sixth place. Yeah, Sixth place. Yeah. Two hundred thousand votes. Yeah. So so you're talking about two guys that, that signed for what? six hundred and fifty million dollars? Bryce Harper had signed for three thirty, thirteen, many signed for three hundred and ten years. Three uh six hundred and thirty million. Six hundred and thirty million and neither of these guys are in the top four. Neither of them are in the top five. Well exactly. And that that's that's unbelievable. You would expect the the Philly the Philly faithful to come out and support him a little bit, but my God, dude! That's- yeah, I didn't realize that, and I was just about to say that too. You would expect someone that they invested so much in, maybe not the Padres that don't obviously have as big as a fan base as Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia is a huge sports city. You would think that they would be behind Bryce Harper's back and you know vote him in, even though maybe he's not hitting that two eighty two ninety three hundred three ten like we've seen him do before, and that amazing uh mvp season i mean but they always talk about this family and you would just think that they would have uh be behind his back and just get him in there somehow but just by voting but bo- both of those guys i mean if you really think about it were they worth the money like neither of these guys are going to be all-stars i i'll be honest i i don't think machado is going to be worth the money as of now my mind could change literally in two months when i see him He's hit batting like 400 in the last two months. Like, my mind changes right there with the with a Thanos snap. Like, I mean, but as of now, no, I, I don't. I don't think he deserves it. But once again, I don't think he's worth. Where is he playing? He's playing in San Diego. It's a small market. If you're on the east, if you're on the East Coast, you're not watching them play baseball. It it's just it was he was it was a money grab for him. And no different than than many people that that you know, like we, we talked about this when Cano left. You know, once these guys leave for the money, no one gives two shits about them again. And that's the that's the problem that Machado's gonna have. I think Harper has a better shot at becoming more relevant than Machado does because he's in Philly. But I don't think either one of these guys are going to be worth the money long term because if you think their numbers are bad now, wait when they're in their eighth, ninth, tenth year of the contract. It's gonna feel like oh, a again. Oh, for sure. But I, I, I have a feeling. I think Harper will be worth more in the long run. I think it's gonna be an a ride deal where he's not even gonna finish that contract because there, there's no opt outs, there's no trade clause. There, that I mean, there. I, 
There might be a trade clause. I'm not sure about that. But I do know there's no opt-outs for player or team. It's a straight 13-year deal. There's no way out. So I do think they'll regret the no ops. Which is exactly why he signed it. True. agree with that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's it. That's uh, to wrap up the All-Star up, uh, update. This will be the 90th Midsummer Classic. It will be in Cleveland at Progressive Field, home of the Indians. And just a uh, quick information, uh, the next couple of All-Star Game locations have already been announced. Next year is obviously going to be in L.A. at Dodger Stadium. In 2021, it's going to be in Hotlanta at SunTrust Park, home of the Atlanta Braves. And in 2022, it's not official yet, but it is rumors that it might be at Wrigley Field in Chicago, which I would be very excited for to see. What do you guys think? If you've never been to the ballpark in Cleveland, it's drop-dead gorgeous, in my opinion. Bad city, ugly city. There's nothing great about Cleveland at all, except, in my opinion, that stadium. So I'm excited for that. Need to get to the Bra- the Braves' new stadium. Would love oh, it's to- gorgeous. It's yeah, gorgeous. Need to get there and would love to see it in Wrigley. Love to see it in Wrigley. Austin? Yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good game for sure. That uh that's such a nice stadium to have it too. Like big big ballparks like that, like historic ballparks, those are so much more fun, I think, than uh like Marlins Park where they had it. Like I feel like these like Wrigley's gonna be so much better. The culture there is so much better. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. Hey, you know what I wanna know? When's it going to be in Yankee Stadium? Last time was it, when? 2009? No, it was in yeah. 2008 at the old ballpark. Uh, old, at the old. They've, never ha- they've never had it in the new one, and usually how it works is when you get a new stadium, you go back in the slot, and that's why the Marlins got it because they got a new stadium. I think the Rays haven't gotten it yet because they, they're not even sure if they'll sell a ticket. So, I mean, that's why it's not in Tampa Bay. But, I mean, it hasn't been in New York it was in City Field not that long ago. Uh, was that two years ago, three years ago? No, I think it was three. Three years ago, yeah. Uh, that, was what, that was the game that went extras? That was the last year that it meant something, right? I yeah, think. it didn't mean anything the last two years. The, yeah. the year the Astros won, and that was the year when it was at Marlins Park, so yeah. yeah. I think that game went to extras. At Marlins Park. Yeah, it did. Cano hit a walk-off. I remember watching it. Yeah. But that wraps up the All-Star update. So on to the new topic. It's time for our, our uh, new segment, Who, What, Where. Uh, telling you all the big recent transactions over the past week. First up, Cody Allen has been DFA'd. The right-handed pitcher for the Angels was DFA'd on Friday night. This was a guy that was once considered one of the best closers in all of baseball when he was on the Indians. He had a great year in 2016 that helped him get to the World Series and was straight out dominant and lights out. This is his second straight season where he hasn't been able to figure anything out whatsoever. Last season, he had an ERA of 4.7 with the Indians, which isn't obviously that bad, but it was never his dominant self. Then he went into free agency this winter and signed with the Angels for a one-year, $8.5 million. His ERA in 23 innings this year has been a 6.26, and his whip is almost 2, basically means he has allowed at least two runners on every inning he's pitched. Are you guys shocked that this guy that was once absolutely dominating 
has not figured it out once and shown any signs of life, and it's kind of sad. Yeah, definitely sad. Uh, when you talk about their stats, the first thing that comes to mind is woof. Um, no matter no matter how dominating someone is, if he can't figure it out, they'll give the ball to a 22-year-old who, who has it figured out and will take the beating on the chin. But, you know... It, do you spend eight and a half million dollars on somebody knowing they're coming off a, a rough year? I don't feel bad for him. He's he's getting paid eight and a half million dollars this year, regardless what happens. And this will probably be the last time you hear of him. That's what my next question was, and I had the same idea. I don't, I don't, I don't see him. I don't. I he may get picked up, but I feel like if he gets picked up, I don't think it's going to turn around. Unfortunately, I don't think it is, and I think he'll get DFA'd again, and that will be the end of it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he comes back from this. High Point alumni, though. Shout out High Point. Logan O'Neill. Uh, but he's striking guys out, though. I mean, that this hasn't been a problem. He has twenty nine strikeouts, like I said, in twenty three innings. It's been the command. He just keeps leaving balls over the plate. He already has twenty four hits off him in twenty three innings pitched, and he already has twenty walks. That's outrageous. 20 walks in 23 innings and 23 hit. What's his wh- his whip is what approaching a two? Yes. Yeah, that's uh, not a recipe for success. It's 1.9 to be exact. Yeah, and and if he stayed up there any longer, it would have hit a two. So yeah, for sure, they probably did him a favor. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, our second topic, uh, the sheriff, Chris Paddock, has been optioned to Class A. Uh, he is not pitching anymore because the Padres do not want to overuse him. And uh, the most he's ever pitched around was 90 innings last year in AAA. And he's already reached 68 innings this year, and they're just trying not to overwork him. Many people thought that this was a service thing. The Padres already announced at the beginning of the season that this would happen and they would send him down once he reached an, em- an innings limit. Are you guys uh, – my question to you guys is, is he going to completely stop throwing or is he maybe going to start throwing bullpens to build up that armina, uh, armina, stamina and arm strength to go a full season maybe in the next coming years? That's my take. I think he will – Obviously, just try to keep building up that arm strength, but maybe we don't know something, and maybe he's injured. What do you guys think? Uh, I think he has to. Like, <laughs> he's a stud. He's been a stud all season, and they can't have like their future as a franchise, as a pitching staff, is right now pretty much reliant on him, and uh, they're gonna need. So they need him to build up arm strength and be able to go a full season soon sooner rather than later and they're recognizing that this year that uh this year is not the year to push it too far but uh they're gonna need him next year and the year after that and they can't be reliant on a pitcher who's only there for half a season i just don't agree with ah i'm gonna i'm gonna save this let's table this for my final thought remind me to bring this up Remind me to bring my final thought back to the sheriff discussion, and you'll understand All my right. that's on it. Um, but if they would have thought this, like, I mean, this is not a service time again. This has nothing to do with service. 
why didn't they just use him in the bullpen to begin with? Why didn't they use an opener like the Rays do and other teams are starting to use? I mean, he had a .9 whip, which is outrageous. It's very, it's very good. His ERA did jump up in the end to a 3.15, and he went 4-4. Four and four. I think they could have used him a little bit more wisely to where they could have used him past the All-Star break and maybe past the trade deadline and maybe into early August, and that's when you might have shut him down. I agree with that. But, but the high A or, or single A? Well, I think the idea of single A was more along the lines of like, he's at probably at the spring training facility, if I had to guess, and it's just more him throwing bullpens and he's actually not going to be playing in games. Because what's the point of him playing in games in single A than to just play games and pitch for the Padres? That wouldn't make any sense. I, I, as a competitor, I don't, know how, I don't know how you accept that. True. Like, hey, I'm just going to go Will down. we see the sheriff again? I think you do. When? I don't know. It, it, by then, they might be out of contention. Are they already out? Uh, they're approaching that point. I never like to count anyone out before the All-Star break, but they're approaching that point. Yeah, they just had a huge series, and they actually broke an MLB record for the most runs scored in a single series against the Rockies in uh, Denver. So, I mean, we do say the ball flies out there with the altitude or whatever in the wind. So, you saw it there. There were a lot of runs scored. Yeah, I mean, look, they're four and a half games out of, out of a wild card, so they're definitely not out of contention. But... You know, you got the Bills and Cubs there that are that are probably going to hold those two spots for the season, barring anything crazy. How are, how are the Cards? Uh, they're they're two games back. Rockies are two games back. Cards and D-backs are all two games back. I mean, wow, they got to pass all of them though. I mean, those are the guys that they're going to be playing against probably the most. I mean, the Diamondbacks, like you said, right there, the Rockies, they're in the same division. Hey, but shout out to the Marlins, only thirteen and a half back. Uh, once again, exceeding expectations. <laughs> uh, uh, third uh, transaction, Alex Cobb will undergo season-ending hip surgery. The Orioles' right-handed pitcher went 0-2 this season with a 10.95 ERA and 12.1 innings. He was basically supposed to be the ace for this ball club, but, I mean, obviously him getting hurt, this isn't just helping this team. This team already, if someone gets hurt, Who's going to replace it? This is already basically a double-A team playing. Sucks. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up because I don't think the Orioles are going to win 40 games. Are going to win what? I don't think the Orioles are going to win 40 games. What are they even at right now? I mean, they were on pace for like well over 100 games, I saw. They're 21 and 50. Wow. I don't think I don't think they, I don't think they win forty games. The staggering stat, and this is they're better on the road. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, what what a way to introduce yourself though as the manager, because Buck Showalter's out of there. It's a new manager. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I mean, you, you don't need to. He's, he's not going to be there much longer. <laughs> not like he had anything to work with, but I mean. The guy was still playing Chris Davis, and the guy didn't get a hit for like nine months. You know, like I, I don't, 
I feel bad for the guy. You know, it's uh, he's set up to fail, but you know they, they do they do have some pieces there. But when you look at this lineup, it is bad. Yeah. Um, the next one and the final one, uh, Dean. Uh, gonna need a bird. Gotta <sighs> gotta get a parrot. I don't want to talk about this. Edwin Encarnacion has been traded to the New York Yankees for a minor league prospect pitcher. Juan Then reports say that he will slide into the 14 or 15 slot for the Mariners prospect list on MLB.com. Both teams will split the cost in this contract. This is his last year in his current contract and will be owed $15 million. He does have a team option at the end of this year, but I doubt the Yankees will take on the option uh, with the direction they are going for not only younger, but with Luke Voigt and Greg Bird probably coming back, unfortunately. So, yeah. Currently, he's batting 241 with a 356 on base percentage and an 888 OPS. He leads all AL uh, sluggers and home runs with 21 and is in third place in RBIs with 49. I just got done watching him today. He went 0 for 3, um, I believe, but he did compete and he made every, pit- every pitch count. And every pitcher that pitched against him tonight against the Rays, he made him throw like at least like eight or nine pitches. It was ridiculous. He just kept fighting. I think this is the end of Greg Bird and Pinstripes. Good. We want him to the moon. I'm not a Greg Bird guy. Never have been. I it, it, There's just too many chances given to him. And he's always hurt. And I hate hearing the Greg Bird people go, oh, he's hurt. Well, when's he going to be healthy? I want to see when that's going to happen because I haven't seen it once. I don't want to hear the Andrew Miller home run ever again. I, it happened once. Thank you. All right? I... We've all heard of, uh, what's his name? Aaron Boone's claim to fame. Like, what else do you know about him as a Yankee? Exactly. Uh, he was pretty Danny Pettit shutout in the World Series in 2003. That, that was a pretty big, you can't compare Greg Bird's home run to Boone's. Scott Brocious. You, you can't stop it. You, can't, <laughs> you cannot compare it. They both didn't win the World Series that year. So I mean, it's kind of it's kind of the same. One's against the Red Sox. I I understand that side. Well, one was in the ALDS. You know, one was in the ALDS. Brocious's was in the World Series, down two in the ninth with two strikes. Stop it. Boone's was the greatest walk off in Yankee history. You know, you can't compare the two. But but we're getting off topic because at the end of the day, Bird's always hurt. It's sad. I think he's got pop to his bat. I think he's the best defensive first baseman on the roster. The problem is, is I think Bird has a case of the baseball yips. And the yips will get you every time. And I don't think he'll recover from it. And it's sad to say, I love Greg Bird. I've always been a Bird fan. But bye-bye, Birdie. So are you a fan of the Edwin Encarnacion equation or acquisition? Uh, Absolutely. I, I think for the price that they gave up, yes. If they re-sign him, I'll throw up. But for now, yes. Yeah, basically, the, uh, him and Luke Voigt will be sharing first base and DH. Yeah, I mean, your lineup gets better. Your lineup gets better. Either way you look at it, their lineup gets better. Only thing that scares me is it's too much power. And like I was saying before, 
you need these guys that are just going to get those great uh, base hits down the line, rinky-dink uh, bloopers and stuff like that, and it's just going to be a lot of strikeouts. Only thing that ever scares me, especially with Stanton and Judge coming back that we know are big, big hitters, but big-time strikeout candidates. Which could be the reason why we haven't won a World Series in 10 years. True. Austin, what's your take? Uh, you know, it's, uh, they've, they've made a bunch of moves and, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't really add much on to that. So I think yeah, guys- but a lot, yeah, a lot of people are wondering if the Yankees are going over this, uh, tax threshold. Uh, the Yankees are still under the maximum tax threshold, which is 246 million. They are currently at 226 million with the Edwin and Carnacion trade. Uh, if they do exceed 246, they will be taxed 62.5% of every dollar beyond 206 million, which is probably going to be a lot of money. I don't know the math off the top of my head, but probably wouldn't want that to happen if you're probably a Steinbrenner or anybody investing in the Yankees. Um, and they would lose their uh, 2020 draft pick probably because every year that they're their draft picks always in that high 20s uh, or maybe even 30, their first round draft pick, and it would automatically drop 10 slots, so they would probably lose that first round draft pick. So yeah, next thing I just wanted to talk real quick about the Yankees. Uh, I don't think Brian Cashman is no longer fooling around. You heard him talk about a de- we're a fully operational Death Star in the offseason. I mean, he's getting anybody to help this team. I mean... Next thing we need to see is something in the pitching department, I would say, that that has to be the next move. But the Yankees, as of right now, don't really have anybody in the rotation you can rely on, I would say. Tanaka has been the only one that's reliable. You saw him tonight. Did he throw CG, Dean? Yes, he did. Well, there you go. Most reliable. Um, Domingo Herman is currently on the aisle with an inflamed hip. He said that was why he was off the last two starts, which started in Kansas City. Uh, Severino's supposed to come back in July, but he keeps having these setbacks, and we don't know when he's going to come back. CeCe's always going to have his knee problems and will be on and off the whole season, and you really don't know what you're going to get out of him because he's just, you know, it's just age, and it's part of the game, and it's part of life. Jay Happ, on the other hand, he's getting old. He's unreliable this whole season, really. I mean, he has shown great signs. I think his last three starts, it's been kind of quality type of starts. Um, But he's been one of the only ones that are healthy. James Paxton keeps having knee problems as well, um, but he hasn't been the same since his first st- uh, stint on the IL, and he wasn't the same. Definitely. What was it? Was it against the Mets, Dean? Uh, yeah, when he implies against Vargas. Yeah, it was horrible. And then Jordan Montgomery will be back in, at the end of July, early August from TJ. Jonathan Luizaga, shoulder problems. And just to add on, Dylan Batances has – Shut down again to a lat issue. To wrap it up, the bats are good. Pitching isn't. Need help there, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think uh, even when Severino comes back, I don't think he's top one. I, I think it's a glorified staff with above average twos. Um, you know, you saw Tanaka tonight go nine innings, ten Ks, one walk, two hit baseball, threw 111 pitches. That's good to see. Um, but I, I'm not sold on Severino being a one. He's gotten lit in every playoff performance he's had. Um, 
I, 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 I don't think, you know, this was a risk we took with Paxton. I don't think he's got it. Um, and, and the guys that you're saying are coming back aren't necessarily studs. Um, when you tell me Jordan Montgomery's coming back, I don't get excited. Um, I get scared. And, it, and, it, and it's sad when all these guys get healthy. Who's the odd one out? It's probably CC. And that's unfortunate when, in my opinion, it should probably be Hap. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but just to talk about Cash a little, he's gone out and beyond of just unreal adding surprises from the offseason and this season. I mean, so far, Cameron Mabin from the Indians has been outstanding. Kendrys Morales from the Athletics uh, recently. Edwin, obviously, from the Mariners. Jake Barnett has been a bullpen help from the Diamondbacks. Gio Rochella from the Blue Jays and Mike Talkman that also needs to be sent to the moon from the Rockies. Uh, who do you think has been the best uh, player that we have gotten from the offseason, from what I just named? Mine's Cameron Mabin. I mean, what a stud. I, nobody was expecting this guy to do this. I mean, he basically just outplayed Clint Frazier because he was just sent down, which I want to get into very, very quickly. I mean, how is Talkman still on this still on this roster and Frazier is not? Uh, the, the Frazier stuff I'm so fifty fifty on. It's got to be a trade. It's got to be trade bait. But um, to answer your question, I th- I think the best. I mean, Morales was a joke of an acquisition. Um, I think it's too soon to say Edwin, but I think Urshela is probably the pick for me. But the, the Frazier situation's sad. I don't know if you saw his interview. He was upset. He was kind of, you know, shocked by it. But at the end of the day, I, I think that, that's, that's the price you pay with being on a Yankee team that's got these guys coming back. Um, and then they go obviously go out and get Encarnacion. But I think it's just one of those things where it's, it's tough for him. And, I would, and, and, I, and that was the stat I wanted to look up. I know – I look – he, he, he handled himself well at the plate. That's, that's never been an issue with him. He came back from his, from his injury. That was all well and good. But defensively, he was rough to watch. Um, it's rare. You know, I, and it's sad even, even now. You know, you look at these stats, and he has six errors this season in the outfield. That, that's unbelievable. To have six errors as a major league outfielder, um, it, it it just blows my mind. If you have, if you're a major league outfielder and you have a sub nine nine eighty fielding percentage, you shouldn't be there. And that's his problem. It was defensively, and I think the Yankees knew that. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's the reason they sent him down. He is trade bait for an arm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and. Someone's going to be sent down because Judge and Stanton are going to make their return very soon. Stanton is expected to be actually come back in this series, and Judge is supposed to be right after this series in this homestand. Um, a little late, but some sad news, but good news in the in the end. Big Poppy, the well-known Boston Red Sox and probably future Hall of Famer, obviously. David Ortiz was shot in his home country, the Dominican Republic, while at a club with his family, I think. He was hop- hospitalized but was pronounced uh, stable. The Red Sox flew a plane to the DR to fly him to Boston to be fur- further evaluated. Uh, sucks to see. I mean, but like I said, something good in the end. I mean, he's going to be all right. And, you know, for a guy that just goes out and helps his country f- and goes back and just helps the people in need, helps his country, builds homes, I'm, 
you hate to see it happen to someone, anybody, but especially someone like that. Stay tuned with the details. Situation. There are a lot of rumors floating around about why he was actually the one that should have been shot. That was the target. The original story was it. But stay tuned to those details. The insist that he was messing around with um, a, a, a cartel's wife, a cartel leader's wife or something like that. Um, so stay tuned to that. That's, that's, that's a storyline to keep an eye on. But as of right now, glad he's healthy, interested to see if these rumors are true or not. Yeah, for sure. And uh, real quick to wrap up this podcast, um, I should have said this probably in the transaction thing, but uh, Astros' big prospect, uh, Jordan Alvarez, I think that's how you pronounce his first name. Oh, he's an infield and outfield top prospect for the Strohs. He's currently batting from the other day 385 with a 579 on base percentage and a, and a 1659 OPS. Unbelievable. That's he has five hits, and three of them are homers. I actually think it's four because I saw yesterday I, – I, I put this down two days ago, and yesterday he hit, he hit another home run. So I think he has four home runs now, and he's only played like – it might even be eight games. He's ranked 23 on MLB.com and on the top prospect list and, ma- and smashed 23 home runs in the minors this season with a 343 on base percentage. It's safe to say he's ready for the bigs. Uh, what do you guys think? Those are unbelievable numbers so far. Um, you said he was listed at 23 in, in MLB for total prospects. Uh, the, the Astros have done this year after year after year. They, it seems like they continue to reload with, with young guys that can bring it. Um, so I'll be interested to see where he ends up in the next 25, 30 games. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. The Astros, like, their farm system has been incredible. And so uh, just adding, like, this just more uh, furthers that uh, fact. Like, this evidence just keeps coming up that they're, they're doing something right with their player development. Yeah, and uh, to wrap up uh, this podcast or this episode of Major League Talk, final thought, Dean, you told me to write it down. What's the final thought? My final thought is is the fact that how the game has changed. Right, I'm going to talk about this guy real quick. His name is Tom Seaver. Right, Tom Seaver pitched for the. Uh, he's best known for pitching for the Mets um, back in. Uh, the late 60s, early 70s, and up until 1986. Let me go over some of these stats with you. It just shows a little bit about how baseball has changed. This guy, his career record is 311 and 205. His win-loss percentage was a 60%. His total ERA was a 286. Here's the stats that could drop your drawers. 231 complete games. 200 and 31 complete games, 61 shutouts. Okay. The, guy, the guy threw 4,700 innings, including a career high in 1970 with 290 innings in one season. He is a 12-time All-Star, a three-time Cy Young winner, a Rookie of the Year, 
and a and uh um and struck out three hundred or three thousand and six three thousand six hundred and forty hitters in that time. And that just shows how baseball has completely changed. In nineteen sixty nine he went twenty five and seven. In 1975, he was 30. He went 22 and 9. In 1981, he was 36 and went 14 and 2. In 1985, at the age of 40, he went 16 and 11 with six complete games. This guy shoved. He had 18 complete games in 1973. This is the type of baseball that we do not see anymore. And that was the sheriff conversation that we were talking about, the, the managing innings and making sure that we do not have pitchers nowadays that would ever put up these numbers. Including 1971, he had a 1.76 ERA for the year. That's my final thought. Well, there you have it. The Houdini uh, has spoken. Uh, the only thing, my final thought, I mean, that guy must have had like a horse's UCL because I don't know how his arm didn't fall off pitching all those innings and probably the number of pitches. But, yeah, uh, tune in next week. Um, we're going to go over the MLB draft and everything, how that worked out. Uh, you guys have anything else to say? Nope. Follow, uh, subscribe to the website. Follow us on YouTube, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, keep tuning in. These podcasts are only going to get better from here. So, Thanks for having me on the show. It's been a blast. Yeah. Anytime, Dean. Yeah, like and subscribe. We hope to have you on, Dean. Thank you again for coming on. Like and subscribe. Uh, just like Austin said, follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and everything. Uh, that's it for this edition of Major League Talk. We'll see you next time.